0: Welcome to Holistic Human Performance Podcast. My name is Jenna Bradshaw, where we talk all things holistic health, wellness, spirituality, fitness, meditation, energetics, and so much more to help you become the healthiest version of yourself. Let's dive in. This is not medical advice. This is simply to help you on your journey through health, fitness, and wellness. I hope this helps. You can complement this with anything that you are doing currently in your life. Enjoy. Hey guys, Jenna here, and I am so excited to announce that the Holistic Human Performance Virtual Wellness Center is officially launched. Yep. That's right. We've officially launched. And this is like having a holistic health and energy coach in your back pocket. If you need a five-minute reset, okay, great. What do we have? You need breath work, okay, great. You need a little bit of mobility flow, nutrition coaching, great. You can access all of these on-demand videos and self-paced digital courses for a five-day free trial. That's right. I'm giving this to you guys for a five-day free trial so you can try it out, see if you like it, see if it works for you, and see if it actually is conducive to your lifestyle and it helps you to create change. It is literally like having me in your back pocket. So. Again, I'm giving you this for a five-day free trial. Head on over to HolisticHumanPerformance.co and get your free trial today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Brotshaw, and today we have a very special guest, we recently met. Her name is Carrie Drapack. She is the founder and owner of Comfy Fitness and really has a background in somatic movement um, as a somatic practitioner. And as she was telling me all the things that she did and how she helps other people cope with um you know, different adversities and traumas in their life to help ultimately with their health and well-being. I was like, "Oh, I have to interview you." <laughs> so, welcome, Carrie, to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jenna. You're so welcome. So, Carrie, why don't you briefly tell us about what you do, who you are, and give us a little background on that?
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I'm the the co-founder of Comfy Fitness. Um, This is our 16th year in business, and we've certainly transformed a lot along the way. So the current iteration um, at this point, because of the pandemic, we are now an all virtual um, movement and fitness studio that really uses movement as self-care, right? So in, in the world of fitness, there tends to be a very big focus on um, yeah, movement being used for aesthetic perform, aesthetic and performance goals. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of take a very much more inside approach of how can we use movement to go into a process of somatic inquiry, discovering who we are, what patterns are living inside of us and how those patterns embedded in the tissue of our body are really dictating our emotions, our thoughts, our behaviors. And if those are things that we would like to transform, oftentimes it can be very beneficial very effective and longer lasting change takes place when we go and we do it at the level of the tissue at the level of the nervous system so mm. we're really bringing bottom up change into the individual
0: love that so now let's let's define a few terms just so people know what we're talking about because also like again we both have this fitness background so let's define the difference between movement and fitness because there definitely is a difference between the two and everyone's like Mm -hmm. oh like you know like I moved today no it's a it's a little bit different than the actual definition of fitness and then let's also define somatic and kind of what that um what that means
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah for me the term fitness is um comes about if you ask your, if, if you are um, focused on a goal, mm. right? If you have a goal that you want your body to be able to perform in a certain way for you. And so then for me, the question, because culturally we have a view of what fitness should be. Right. And then you have a lot of people engaging in fitness that maybe isn't appropriate for where they're actually at in, in their body and in their capabilities. So for me, if one is engaging in, in fitness, a good question to ask is fit for what? What do I want to be fit for? Do I want to be fit for being able to get up and down off the floor to be able to play with my grandchildren easily? Do I want to be fit for going on a two-week vacation in Europe knowing that I'm going to be walking every day when I currently lead a sedentary, computer-based, driving-based lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Um, And so then you would use different fitness tools to be able to get your body to a place where it can Um, do what you would like it to do for whatever goal you have in your life. Um, Versus movement being, to me, um, really what we are part of, like, the... (laughs) I just want to say, like, the ancient technology, or, like, it's a technology built into our systems. Like, (laughs) human beings, animals are made to move, right? Different animals move in different ways, but movement is a way that... Uh, it, it is something that is just uh, inherent to being a human being right We need to go from one place to the next We do that upright on two legs because of the way that we have evolved. Um, movement is a form of self-expression right There's all of the science out there on how how moving makes us feel better how movement impacts and benefits all of the systems of the body. So movement to me is just a more general broad swath of, Ways to engage in your body, with your body um, that might be enjoyable, pleasurable, beneficial—that um, somehow just engages us in the beingness of ourselves. Love that exactly.
0: Yes, and and I would also add for fitness, it's a planned programming, it's a planned routine and structure, whereas movement isn't really planned it's just like okay i'm getting up off the couch and i'm going to walk to you know the refrigerator or something like that you're you're that's that's actual movement and what our body is designed to do
1: move yeah (laughs) yeah yep Yep. absolutely awesome Yeah. yeah And then you asked about the term somatic. Somatic, um, yes. Yeah, which is a term that catches up a lot of people. Um somatic work is becoming more and more popular. It's starting to gain some traction. But yeah, the term somatic often uh, like befuddles people because they haven't heard it before. So soma is the Greek word for body, but even that to me can be a misrepresentation because In English and in modern culture, we think of the body as like an object of this thing that like I have that I own, Mm. but the soma from, you know, more of an ancient understanding rooted in that word is not just the physical body as an object, but it's one's entire being. Mm. So and it's one's entire being without the separation that we currently often, um, believe exists as like, oh, there's body, there's mind, and there's spirit. Whereas Soma is just the whole, right? It's the whole shebang. It's mm. your beingness, but it's your beingness, at, beingness as experienced through being in the body. Mm. Yes. Right? So if you close your eyes and you just have a sense of, here I am, this is who I am, because I can feel my body, but I, I can also sense my spirit. I have thoughts. I have emotions, everything that makes up me. I can just sort of sense here in the ether, like condensed into this physical form. That's your Soma is that Mm -hmm. first person perspective that you feel and sense, not the third person perspective of yourself that you would look at in a mirror.
0: Yes. It's the feeling and the sense. It's like Mm -hmm. that in it's the invisible that. We can't see with our physical eyes, but we can
1: feel it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, the world of somatics is just a, you know, that's somatics is a term that refers to the basket of practices that, um, that basically engage our soma, that engage our beingness from that, that holistic perspective of body, mind, spirit, encompassing soma.
0: Mm, I love that. that that was a great way to define it.
1: Mm. Um, so
0: why don't we go backwards now? How did you even get into this line of work because you guys you've been around for 16 years. That's a long time. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. what what's kind of the 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 journey that took Carrie there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love that you and I have a similar background of starting more in the traditional fitness realm, which I think is honestly where a lot of people start because it's what's available to us in right. our culture, right? If we want to be engaged in our body beyond high school when there's sports and dance and these things that like, you enroll in so that you're moving, um, then when you get into adulthood, usually it's like the way to keep engaging in your body through movement is fitness. Right. So it makes sense that a lot of people just start in the fitness world because that's what's there. Um, so in my early twenties, I, um, yeah, I, I got certified through the national personal training Institute, um, to become a personal trainer because I had danced my whole life growing up from the time I was four through college. And I knew I loved working with bodies and I wanted to continue working with bodies. Um, but having taught dance from the time I was 16 through college to to varying degrees, um, I really felt how much pressure, creative pressure it was to constantly be using that creative energy to come up with classes, you know, in that way, like creating, you know, choreographing dances, coming up with your across the floor routines, your bar work, like all of the work that it is to to be a dance teacher. and I went to school for theater and I was pursuing a professional life as, as an actor, a mover, um, someone in the performance world. And I didn't and I knew that I didn't have enough creative energy for all of that. And I wanted my creative energy to be spent sort of like pursuing my performance dream um, rather than, you know, guiding other people on that. So I thought, well, mm-hmm. if I don't have enough creative juice for all of that, but I still want to work with bodies. What is a way to do that? And personal training um, was the answer. And so I met my business partner there. We started our business right after graduating. And yeah, to start off, like I think at that time, sixteen years ago, we were a little bit more non-traditional because we were approaching fitness from this place of, yeah, again, not necessarily of like hardcore performance and aesthetics, but like, what do you need to do to to get by in your life to and stay feel healthy. Good. Yeah, feel good. And also at that point in time, um, you know, we were even aware in our early 20s that like gyms aren't comfortable environments for a lot of people. A lot of people are intimidated away from even engaging in their bodies because the spaces that our culture provides Mm. can be really intimidating and just scare people off from the beginning. And then people have the sense of like, well, I don't know how to engage my body. So we're like, how can we just make this more approachable? How can we make it more accessible for the everyday person who might not think that fitness is for them? And then they're missing out on, again, that pure enjoyment of being in a body and having movement be something that connects us to our own being because they think it has to come in this certain package that doesn't feel good to them. Yeah. Um, so we we're always a little bit more non-traditional to begin with, but we were still just offering personal training services. And then along the way, um, because I I suffered an, an accident when I was about 12 that really altered the course of my life, It it gave me chronic back pain. So I was always searching for ways out of my pain and along my my search of like always trying new things chiropractic massage therapy structural integration acupuncture anything and everything um i came upon eventually came upon a practice called clinical somatics and i did a first level of training in and, and it just like it's like oh okay here are all these patterns in my body keeping me locked into movements and stuckness that is creating pain mm. and preventing me from getting out of my pain. Like there were certain movements that I I found in that first level of training that I just couldn't even do. It was like, it was just like hearing a, a word in a foreign language and your mind doesn't know how to process that because it doesn't mean anything. Like the mapping for that language is not there. Right. And I would go into my body and try to do a movement and be like, oh, it's just not there, like this is not. And so then as I started engaging in the practice and getting deeper into the nervous system and using clinical somatics to unwrap and um, yeah, kind of um, loosen the grip Mm. on these physical patterns that were ingrained into my body from a life of experience, a life of accidents, a life of dance and like the very you know like structured form that dance takes um yeah i just started seeing all of the possibilities and i started seeing all the ways that as personal trainers my business partner and i had sometimes been banging our head against the wall of like why can we give a a client the same cue over and over and over again and their body can only do it for like a couple of reps and then it goes right back to the other patterning and I just started realizing, oh, because it's not necessarily an issue of strength or flexibility or it is an issue of strength and flexibility, but that's like a top layer. Mm. And we can't even really affect that layer unless we get under there and we're able to work at the level of the nervous system to unlock something that then allows the strength and flexibility to come online. Mm. Um And so that was a big aha to me. At the same time, I had also um, started training in something called source point therapy, which is an energy healing practice or an energy medicine um, that also was just like completely revolutionized the way that I saw reality. But I saw that, or I found in my practice as a personal trainer that like engaging in the body in this way of like fitness was kind of over here on the spectrum. And then energy medicine was all the way over here on the spectrum. And it's like, I don't know how to kind of like weave these two together or get people that are living in this paradigm over here to actually believe that something over here um, has merit. Right. And that it's even a thing that, you know, that, that works in any way and that it's not just, you know, oh, that's just wishful thinking. That's just a placebo um, and I found clinical somatics to be almost like a bridge mm. between the two because it was using the fitness, the physical movement from over here, but it was also engaging the nervous system, which is that more mysterious abstract operating system that is in control of everything that we do, even the, the, you know, even the, un- yeah, everything, the unconscious things that are just making our body work, our heart pumping. Our body being breathed, um, our elimination, our sleep—like these things—like the nervous system is in control of that. And there are ways to work with the nervous system. And so I found that the somatic world was this beautiful bridge between the two. It wasn't, you know, the the almost like overactive, it's all on me mentality of the fitness world, like you know, go hard or go home. But it also wasn't the passive laying on a table and receiving the work from someone else and putting the onus of healing into somebody else's hands, that because it's still moving through your own body, through your own like activation of your body, it really seemed to be a beautiful bridge of those two worlds that people could kind of, yeah, they could understand in a different way. Um, So it kind of, it, it softened, softened up like both sides of things to find, yeah, a good, a good middle point.
0: I love that because I definitely concur with you when it's like, okay, I'm in the fitness world, but I also love energy medicine. And, you know, like you said, you're seeing these clients who are just struggling with the same chronic issues. For years and years and years. And you're like, all right, we got to try something else. Like mm-hmm. we got to keep moving our body to stay strong, but we have to integrate other things that are going to allow your nervous system to calm down, to embrace, relax, allow those like deep harbored emotions to kind of surface up and move mm-hmm. through that. Um, mm-hmm. and also I'm a huge fan of somatics. I think it's phenomenal. Um, so I'm, I'm so thrilled that you were able to find this like integration point of, cause it is challenging. That's, I, um, I know we spoke about this on the phone too. Like I definitely struggled with trying to find that bridge point between the fitness and the energy medicine. Cause it's like, then you have to almost take those people and you don't want to like, con- you're not like convincing them or anything, but you have to change their beliefs and that's very hard
1: to do, Mm -hmm. um, with
0: people. So Mm -hmm. I commend you Mm -hmm. on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think early on in this, you know, in this process, in my learnings, I heard, you know, heard someone say like, you know, the, the deepest or the most impactful truths are those that people come to for themselves. So it's like I could tell somebody till I'm blue in the face that this is going to be good for them, that this is going to help. But until they actually have an embodied experience of it, they're never going to really take that on and understand it and be intrinsically motivated towards it. It's always Mm -hmm. going to be coming from like, oh, well, you know, trusting someone else outside of yourself. And what I think is so beautiful about, about somatics is it's all about coming back into the body so that you can realign and fully align with your own inner knowing, that knowing mm-hmm. that the body has, um, so, and that can start guiding one's life in a way that to me is just like, it seems magical, but then it also seems like the most like basic mundane thing, which is like how we're made as humans, but we're just so far from it that it seems magical until it is embodied. And then you're like, oh yeah, this is just how life works. This is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So tell us
0: how you, um, then started to like build the business and integrate these practices to help other people. How, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, it was, it was a beautiful evolution. I'm blessed with a a wonderful business partner who she and I were sort of going through our own individual um, journeys and, and, but we were going through those at the same time and we were going awesome. Yeah, it was, I mean, a beautiful synchronicity that we sort of came to certain things at the same time, like I came to energy medicine at the same time that she sort of came to transformational education. Mm. So I was coming from this purely like bottom up approach of just like shifting the nervous system in this really mysterious way. And then all of a sudden, some of my thoughts and behaviors were changing. And then she was coming from this approach of transformational education, like coming to understand your thoughts and your behaviors that are usually unconscious to you. And then seeing how those can come into the body. So it was sort of like a a top down and a bottom up approach Mm. happening in each of us. And then we were like, wait, wait, wait. The thing that's missing in each of these is really that, you know, that the Soma, like the self right there in the middle, the body. Um, And we were seeing like, oh, we're both really passionate about how this is changing our own lives. And we see clients who are really frustrated, you know, with the things they keep coming up against. And so what if, like, yeah, what if we start bringing this into our work? Um, So at the same time that she started um, studying clinical somatics, I found tension and trauma releasing exercises, TRE. And so we kind of had, again, we were like, became trained in and started teaching these, these movement practices that got in at the level of the nervous system that are really like, I almost see them as like sister or cousin practices. They're very similar, but um, they also move through the body Mm. quite differently. Um, And they're also practices that are not necessarily easy to find practitioners in, unless you're in certain parts of the country, certain parts of the world. Mm. And so originally we started offering more of that. This was before the pandemic. We, you know, we started incorporating it into some of our personal training sessions, like, okay, let's do a little bit bit of somatic work. Or if somebody was really open to it, I might do a little bit of source point therapy and somatic work. And then we would move them into some weightlifting Mm. to see how things would open up for them and they would move differently. But then- beca- Question, sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. was this in person? This was in person, yeah. Okay. But then offering them solely as standalone practices that weren't combined into personal training sessions, we started offering some online workshops, online classes, mm. because we knew, hey, there's, there are people outside of our locations that are gonna want access to these. And so offering it, and we also have clients that have moved across the country that are no longer where we're located. And my business partner, and I weren't located at the same place anymore. I'd been in, we'd been in Chicago for 10 years and then I up and moved to LA. So mm. it was like, but we still had a business. And so we started just start like getting our feet wet and teaching these as standalone practices through online, yeah, online workshops and sort of like specialty classes. And then once the pandemic hit, we had, you know we were forced to transfer everything online. And also we saw simultaneously everybody's ability to move Mm. and opportunities to move and being like, shrunk down to here. It's like, you know, I was in Los Angeles and there were weeks where because of, you know, the shutdowns, like even the beaches were being closed, the hiking trails. That's crazy. You can't go out hiking. And it's like, well, what are people going to do? And so we transferred everything online and then immediately just like birthed a new offering of a lot of different classes that really were And we also, it allowed us to work with some of our favorite people who we'd wanted to have teach for us for a long time, but they didn't live where we were. Mm. So we're like, okay, great. Now we can offer yoga classes with a friend of mine who's an incredible teacher who teaches yoga from a nervous system perspective. We can bring in this person here. And so all of a sudden we found that we had this like beautiful, well-rounded offering of giving people ways into their body and giving people ways to see movement as a form of self-care rather than this thing you have to check off your box because the doctor says you need to move for your blood pressure or you need to move so that you can have whatever bikini body beach summer season (laughs) uh, whatever that is um right and and because we're already live we we were living we still are living in a time but there was so much stress at that time right right and the body and movement as a technology for just feeling good was in some way being taken from us with with the lockdowns. And so this was our way of saying, well, let's offer ways for people to stay connected to themselves through movement. Um, Yeah, and to really see the way that just simple movement um, can be an act of self-care. It doesn't have to just be one more thing to do.
0: I love that so much. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. People, I, this is why I wanted to have you on because people need to understand and have a different definition and viewpoint and perspective of fitness and that our bodies are made to move and be strong and be resilient and, you know, fight, fight disease, fight infections. And what are ways to do that? moving your body and Mm -hmm. knowing that you don't have to go crazy bonkers, balls to the walls at the gym every day in order to do that. This is an amazing practice that people can do wherever, whenever. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember um during the pandemic, you know, it's like I'm always I'm I'm a, a consummate forever student. And um, so I was taking a, a, like classes that were being offered because all of a sudden, right, we had so much access because of yeah. Zoom to teachers we'd never be able to take with. And I remember taking a class about fascia, like fascia in the immune system and yep. and and learning that fascia is our like, first line of immune defense and knowing that when we're not moving our fascia becomes impaired, it starts to dehydrate, it starts to crystallize. We start feeling like, A, you know, from a movement perspective, it gets harder and harder to move yep. the more crystallized and less hydrated our fascia is. But then also learning this during the pandemic when everybody was wanting to like, how do I prevent this? How do I be as healthy as possible? How do XYZ? And knowing like, oh, at the base level, moving is good for immunity. Yep. And, and so, yeah, there were just, yeah, there were just the, these realizations that I was having about how good just movement in and of itself is for you. And that, and that went hand in hand into with our, with our goal from 16 years ago of like, we just want to make fitness more accessible to people who are intimidated by it is saying like, like, sure, if you, if you want to be an athlete or you need to, you know, you know, if you want to, you know, like, yeah, like bodybuilding or whatever, yeah, bodybuilding, yeah. or even if, you know, you want to become a cop and you have yeah. to go through, you know, the like physical fitness test for right. that. Like certainly there are things that you need to have a certain level of performance for. Right. But just getting to that base place of, of knowing that like just moving and stretching and pandiculating hydrates your tissue and therefore improves your immunity And it increases blood flow and therefore your organs are going to be, you know, functioning a little bit more optimally that there is such like small inputs we can make into the system that make a huge difference rather than it having to be like, well, there's no point in doing anything. If I'm not hitting the gym three times a week and, you know, doing this specific thing, this specific thing. That is Um,
0: so spot on. Exactly. uh Right. And that's why we're here to teach people. <laughs> oh man, I love that so much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we met and we were connected. Um, And we have so much in common. So I just there's we could I, I need to have you on for a part two to be honest
1: <laughs> yeah I guess there's a whole other yeah like fork in the road that we could go on and get into the energy medicine and how bad yeah but, 100% uh-huh. and we are definitely gonna plan for that so stay
0: tuned people <laughs> before we sign off are there any words of wisdom that you would like to leave the listeners
1: mm. I would just say like follow You know, when it comes to movement, when it comes to, you know, being in the body, there's so much out there telling us how we have to do it, what we have to do. And the body really does have a deep internal knowing. And so I just say, like, follow what feels good. And and follow the things that even if it doesn't feel good. And I don't mean like from a physical perspective, like ow, that hurts. I'm hurting myself. But sometimes when we really go into the body, we come up against shame. We come up against grief that has sat unprocessed for a long time. We can come up against things that quote unquote don't feel good, but they are they do help us feel ourselves. Mm. Right. That shame is there and it is in it is showing me like a certain like slice of who I am that grief is there it's maybe showing me how I've loved or how I haven't had a place to express all of my love um and so I'm not saying like only feel you know like only go for the things that feel like rainbows and butterflies but like what are the things that make you feel good in terms of they make you feel able to feel more of yourself if that's dancing in your underwear to your favorite songs for 10 minutes like that's a beautiful practice. And that's just as valid as somebody going outside and jogging for 30 minutes. And like, you you are no less, yeah, you're no less of a human because you don't have a certain level of performance. It really is about like, how does this make you feel? Does it make you feel more like yourself? Does it bring you home to yourself? And just follow, yeah, like create your breadcrumb trail out of those moments of feeling yourself. I love that. Thank you so much.
0: I'm so glad you came on. Now, where can people find you? Um,
1: Yeah. Comfyfitness.com. Super. Yeah. Super easy. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You'll find us there. And, um, and we still, yeah, at this point are offering everything online. So it doesn't matter where you are in the country or the world. Um, Yeah. You, you have the, the ability to, yeah, to be a part of the community.
0: Beautiful. Are you
1: on social media at all? Yeah. We are on Instagram. It's definitely like not our jam. Like we're there. Uh, That's (laughs) okay. But yeah, but yeah. Comfy underscore fitness. You'll find us on Instagram there. And certainly, yeah, you'll find some information. Just don't expect. Yeah. We're not, we're not, um, master content creators by any means. You're good.
0: (laughs) Just curious where people can find you. Awesome.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank
0: you so much. it was great chatting with you, Jenna. Yeah. You too. Guys, if you like this episode, like, share, subscribe, and I will see you in the next one. Bye.